He's trying so hard to be quiet. <laughs> You're doing really good. Oh, I need to buy fall clothes, and I think I should just start doing that now. Because all the best fall clothes are out now, and then mm -hmm. when it's actually fall weather, everything's either winter or already transitioned back to right. summer. Yep. Mm -hmm. no, that's why I bought that, that dress and the, um, the romper. I thought, you know what, I have like three weeks before I go on vacation. Let's get a new outfit or two. I know, I just got paid, so I'm like, well... They should ship by then. Maybe I should just spend a little extra this month on clothes. Because I can't even... Mm -hmm. I don't know the last time I bought, like, actually, like, new outfits. I... Other than the Because two... if I buy something, it's, like, it's either, like, a pair of pants or, like, a hoodie. You got those never two like... dresses before you went to yeah. Florida. But that's those aren't even, like, outfits, though. Like No, they're, just, they're like, dinner, evening wear, dinner, not, yeah. not something to wear all day. That's... Yeah, I can't think of the last time I bought together pieces that go together mm. probably never because i don't really do that no that's why i buy so many rompers and dresses because then my outfit is done <sighs> i just can't wear dresses all day i do all the time love I a good pants. skirt anything my thighs are too chubby to wear skirts mm. and make me not look like um a high schooler who's on the soccer team then wear longer skirts then I look like I'm a Mormon or whoever. Oh, that I only wear skirts that go below my knee. <laughs> no, I can't wear those. But then I wear them with, you know, crop tops, so it's not. Or I look like a mom. You just got a, you got them mom a hips. Dog mom. <sighs> you got to get more bell bottoms. All right. Um. What else was I gonna say? Oh, I should. I need to take, a, like, a food sensitivity test, I've decided. I think that'd be good for you. But I know there's one, there's, like, a, a genetic one that you can do, but there's also, like, just, like, blood test one you can do where you prick your finger, but just the thought of pricking my finger, I don't know if I can do it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> well, like, the other one, I think they still, like, draw your blood. Yeah, they have so to. So it's, like, maybe I'll just prick my finger instead because I don't want them to do a... Can't help. If anybody touches my elbow pit, I'll lose my mind. <laughs> I hate it. I'm not a fan either. I'd much rather than, like, try to draw the blood from my wrist. That's less disturbing to me somehow. It's all disturbing. Just don't... Just, like, literally, it's, what, 2021? Use a machine that you just put over me and tells me my issues. <laughs> Somebody I know that, you please. freaking have it. I know it's somewhere out there. Jeff Bezos probably has it in his bathroom closet or whatever just scans himself every day <laughs> or elon musk or whoever so i'm doing the argo hotel the what argo hotel so i got my information from visitnebraska.com onlyinyourstate.com wikipedia.org housecrazysarah.life suicidejournal.com and that's it all right and this our parents kind of a shorter one <laughs> Well, I didn't ask them about it, so you can add that. Cause I, I was going to say, it's like, they told me they more. Said. I asked more questions. So, I'll do the history first. So, the historic Argo Hotel was built in 1912 by Nick... <laughs> How do you spell it? I don't... I can't see it. It's like Michaela with an I-S on the end. Well, then say Michaela's. Nick Michaelis. 
That just doesn't sound like a 1912 last name. What would be a 1912 last name? I don't know. <laughs> Croftsberger. Warrenberg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to. So it would be Michaela Berg, and then it's fine. No, it's just like weird. It's a weird last name. Not a common one, that's for sure. No. Um, but it was built by him to serve the railroad traffic. Um, when Crofton, which is the town that it's in, was a booming railroad town. In 1923, the Argo was changed to, it was, like, sold or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and it was turned into the new Meridian Hotel until 1935 when it was sold again and became the new Meridian, um, Meridian, did I say Meridian the first time, too? You said Meridian the first time, but then you said Meridian. No, Meridian Sanatorium, um, uh, and then... It was also a doctor's office, and I guess the doctor lived there, too, in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So then it was the new Meridian Clinic. Um, I just lost my place. So, yeah, it was, like, the doctor's office. It had exam rooms and a living space for the doctor, and they were all located on the ground floor while the second floor was sealed off and unused. I don't know why. Maybe they just didn't feel like renovating it or something. It's also something they have to upkeep if they do use yeah. it. So but I mean, like, nope. you would think that the doctor would like, want to live on the second floor and have his practice on the first floor. I mean, it's a pretty big building. And he's not living there while he's also practicing. Like, he's not sitting watching TV while he's doctoring. I know, but... So he's anyway, not going to be interrupted so by patients. So the practice was successful for many years, but when the doctor moved out, no one took over the building, and it sat empty until the 1990s when Sandra McDonald and Jerry Bogner turned it back into a bed and breakfast and restaurant in 1994 and restored the building's rightful name, the Argo Hotel. So it is located in the heart of Crofton, which is a tiny town of around 726 people and it's just a stone's throw away from Yankton, South Dakota near Lewis and Clark Lake and Recreation Area on the Missouri River. Okay, so that little section was pretty much all of the history that there is on this building for some reason. Um, Let's see. Or at least all I could find online because there's not like a whole... Mm -hmm. They don't even have a website for this place. Yeah. Um, so now it's just kind of like a description of, like, what they say, I think, like, on their Facebook page or something like that. Or what was it? Their Wikipedia. Of just, like, what the building is now and what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. So, the Victorian-style rooms on the upper floor, because it's turned back into a hotel now. Um, because it sold to those Sandra person in mm-hmm. the 90s and then somebody else bought it in like 2017 mm-hmm. or something like that um but so it's turned back into a hotel and everything or a bed and breakfast whatever but so the victorian style rooms on the upper floor are decorated with antiques but have modern amenities they have a tin ceiling on the first floor and transom windows over the guest room doors 
Which I think those are like the windows in the old doctor's office. Yeah, or schools or whatever. Yeah. Airflow Mm -hmm. through. Um, the basement holds a hidden treasure. Um, I don't even know what it's supposed to say, but I literally typed. The basement holds a hidden treasure. A sport outside entrance opens into what was once a speakeasy. What would that have been? That's dead. They have photos in the speakeasy. They went in. No, I'm saying, what would a sport have been? Like, why is this computer so dumb that it autocorrected to a sport? Is what I'm saying. A sport outside entrance. I don't know what that means. It's a typo. I know that. I know, but I can't That's why I'm what saying, what did it... I don't know how it got sport out of whatever it was supposed to be. So maybe, like, a hidden outside entrance or something? I don't. I don't know. But I'm annoyed with this Something laptop. fun outside opens into a speakeasy in the basement. Yeah. There's an outdoor entrance that opens into what used to be a speakeasy. Um, so they feature free Wi-Fi, cable TV, air conditioning, and private bathrooms. All suites provide sitting areas. While most have jacuzzi tubs and some offer full living rooms or balconies. So this is a pretty big... Um, building, which makes sense because it it was built as a hotel originally. Um, you can enjoy a delicious hot breakfast in the morning after a relaxing night's sleep. Today, the Argo is a popular spot for meetings, private parties, weddings, rehearsal dinners, and receptions. Um, the steakhouse is open Friday and Saturday night, and the bar is also open, but it's open until 12, and the restaurant's only open until, like, 9 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, the hotel is said, oh wait, so the dining room and one of the guest rooms is named after, or named for Leslie Brooks, who was a former Hollywood starlet who stayed at the hotel in the summers of 1931 and 32 when the hotel was owned by her grandparents. Fun. Um, and then another room pays homage to Jesse James. So of course. Um I guess we'll move on to the hauntings. So in the nineteen nineties when the building was being um renovated back into a bed and breakfast after it it had like been sitting empty um when it was just like the doctor's office before. Mm-hmm. Um, as a wall was being removed, a burlap sack of small bones was revealed. And the people that found it just thought that it was probably, like, the bones of an infant. Because... Why? I don't know. People are dramatic. Because it was a sanatorium, because it was a clinic, and I don't know. Um, so the... Whoever found the bag buried the bones in the hopes of giving it, um, some peace. But then it was later examined and revealed that the skeleton, um, was an animal's. But it's still weird that like that was a cat like. Or a... It's still weird that it was I in mean, a wall. There are a lot of things that people used to put into walls for warding off things. I don't know the history of each individual item, but. Well, anyway, that's weird. What do you need to be warding off? Evil Has spirits. It been majorly haunted this whole time. No, no, like all nor all old houses used to just put certain items in the walls as just like general good luck because everybody used to be witches. We just refused to remember history that way. <laughs> I was never raised a witch. Wish I was. That's quite a shame. Um, 
And then a mysterious painting was also discovered during um, the renovation. And it appeared to be, like, completely black, even under bright lights. Odd. Which, that, like, creeps me out more than the bones thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, why? And I don't know if it's in, like, a frame or if it was just, like, a canvas painted completely in black, but either way, it's, like... Well, the thing is, somebody just figured out how to make the darkest black paint before that other guy Yeah. So, really, he just doesn't own it. (laughs) I mean, but whatever... It's just weird. Um, so the newest owner of the hotel, Sandy. I have her name wrong on here too, because Mac can't, I guess, be okay with people having last names. Yeah, that aren't common. Because <laughs> I want to say her name right. Mm-hmm. Sandy Thunker is her last name. Um, she welcomes tales of ghosts and paranormal activity inside the Argo as part of its history and charm. Um, and she is quick to share tales of workers who have reported seeing people who later couldn't be found or watching as glasses were pulled off of shelves as if an invisible hand um, had like grabbed them mm-hmm. and just dropped them on the floor had confidence and then it fell through yeah <laughs> they had all the power and then they lost it right when yep. they finally like, got, it, got it i got it i got it i got it it's while that while the shelf is supporting it they can move it as soon as they have to support it too it doesn't they can't do it not enough power <laughs> um she has no problems with any spirits who choose to stay here um but on one condition she said quote i made an announcement when i moved in here they can play tricks on me and move things around i just don't want to see them <laughs> Um, so some of the most commonly reported occurrences include unexplained cold spots, doors closing with no apparent, like, cause, and pictures that move on their own. Does that mean they just, like, sort of sway, or do they switch spots? Because one Or of those is it, is like, the eyes follow Oh, you, I didn't anything? even think about I know, that. I was like, I'm not sure exactly what they mean by There's that, some but Scooby-Doo it all is kind of creepy. Eyeball yeah, watching. The, like... the, the thing slides uh-huh. back and forth. Um, and wandering apparitions. Um, paranormal researchers have visited the hotel and concluded that is it is indeed the site of paranormal activity. <laughs> um, yeah, you got I ghosts. I don't know if I believe that, but... Well, I don't know if I believe them. Not necessarily mm-hmm. it isn't haunted, but I don't believe that people went in and they were like, looks pretty haunted to me. <laughs> Um, You're calling it an exterminator. Yes, you do indeed have bed bugs. Literally. Um, So one of the most persistent haunting stories from the Argo is that of a young mother who roams the building crying and mourning the loss of her baby. Although there have never been any records found of a specific death in the clinic, it is possible that a woman and her baby died here a long time ago. Before it was a a clinic. My concern with that story, though, is that somebody made it up to go with the bag of supposed baby bones. Um, I mean, I don't know. And that it's not actually, it's, it's, it's a, you know, folklore, not. Well, I don't know, because it doesn't mention that. Yeah. Um, so the ghost is known as Alice. Don't know why. Um, and guests have reported seeing her in the basement bar. 
At some point, someone shined a flashlight on the strange black painting that they found during mm-hmm. the um, renovation, and an image of a young woman was revealed, and it looked like the ghost woman. That's creepy, if that's true. I like the idea that somebody so, blacked out the painting because they didn't want to remember this person, mm-hmm. but they also haunt there. Yeah. That's a fun, fun thing. So, yeah. Um, guests have also reported sightings of several apparitions in the bar and roaming the halls. And none of these ghosts seem to be menacing or scary. They simply wander about as if they are still guests of the hotel or, like, they're waiting for their doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Some fun residual energy. Which I just, like, that's, like, creepier to me. It's just, like, seeing... Just people milling around people waiting. Wandering. <laughs> yeah. But that's about all I have for the Argo Hotel in... Where does it say in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> the mom and dad had a fun time staying there. It yeah, was cute. they just stayed there recently. It was cute. And they took a whole bunch of photos because it's cute. And on one of them, mom got a... I'm not a big fan of orbs, but it's something that's definitely weird and orb-like. Yeah. It's a weird... You know, like, she has, she has an iPhone, so she has live photos. And when you play the live photo, it... Bounces around it. Yeah, but not like in a like a bug or dust. It's bright, glowy blue. It's cool. Did they tell you anything else about that player? Um, there's a cat that lives in a box. They're just a real cat. She's like an elder cat. Oh yeah. They liked that about the place. That cat was, so was cute. cute. <laughs> She's an old man cat. They liked it. They they go back. So I'm going to tell you about Mona Wilson. My sources are historicalcrimedetective.com, Family Search, and Wikipedia. Is that the girl from Harry Potter? Mona Wilson? No, it's Moaning Myrtle. (laughs) (laughs) Mona Marie Loomis was born 1896 in Sheridan County, Nebraska, to William and Olivia Loomis, um, who worked on a rented farm. She's their only child i guess at least only surviving child so 16 november 1925 mona marries herman w wilson who was previously married to alice mona guard they were married in 1908 we don't know what happened to her or when that marriage ended for whichever way it did um i assume she died because that's just you know it's the old, olden times. People die all the time. Yeah. So Mona and Herman lived together in a small house on the property that her parents lived at. They lived in the big house. Um, Who her parents are then? Her parents. They live in a small house. Her parents live in the big house. Uh-huh. July 16th, 1927, Mona and her parents um, felt sick, so they sent for the town doctor. Dr. Albert Moldson uh, made the 22-mile trek to the farm. He prescribed milk of magnesia and calomel tablets. Don't know what those are. Uh-uh. I mean, I don't know what the first one is either. That one I've heard of before. I've never heard of the calomel tab- tablets. So Mona went to the pharmacy to fill the prescription because um, she felt better than both of her parents did. And she also bought capsules to put the medicines in because it's easier to dose it out mm-hmm. from there. Um, so... Calomel, which is actually mercurous chloride. Oh, no. 
was used in the 1800s as a purgative and antibacterial, meaning it is a mercury-based poison that is deadly in legal doses. Um, and the effects of the drugs... You mean lethal doses? Deadly in large doses. So lots you of said, it... You said deadly in legal doses. In large doses. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think it should be legal. <laughs> so it's, it's a mercury-based poison that is deadly in large doses. Yes. And the effects of the drug have been known for hundreds of years already. So, like, this is, this is so the he's late not a good 1800s. Doctor, is what I'm hearing. He's... Um, or he was too poor to get the good medical books, so he has ones that are, like, 200 no. years old. <laughs> Hold on, Audrey. We'll get there. Um, no. So, if, for hundreds of years, we've known this drug can kill you if not... not used right. Used right. Um, and Dr. Mozart would have known that. Dun, dun, dun. Because it's not that he wasn't properly educated. I looked into it. Uh, this is... The reason I have family search as an actual source this time is because there's not a lot on these guys, but what there is doesn't quite make sense. So I thought, you know what, let's look up more deep, in-depth document history. <laughs> so he graduated from the School of Medicine of George Washington University in Washington, D.C. around 15 years prior. Okay. So like he went to a school of medicine in a school, school, yeah. not like a weird little podunk school. He didn't like it isn't the family trade he that he's just himself. passed down. He didn't train himself. It's not just like books he's read. He's gone to school, school, and it, recently enough, <laughs> fifteen years is not. You know, this is just telling me we really shouldn't trust any doctor, <laughs> and I've been right my whole life. So the it isn't. Government has been out to like, get us. Nobody, doctors. Nobody understands why on earth this man prescribed a known poison. Well, it's like <laughs> why didn't why didn't like the pharmacy say red flag or why does the pharmacy still even sell that because if everybody knows people still use it these folk cures and known like audrey why do people take medication for livestock to ward off covid what oh they did you not know they're doing that no there's a livestock I medication that people Lysol. people are taking to both ward off and help cure covid it doesn't do anything don't <sighs> take the livestock medication how about you wear a mask and get the vaccine if you want to do things medically to ward something off. <laughs> anyway. What is um, the... What, what livestock... What... I don't remember what is, the name. What is it curing in the livestock? <laughs> it, it works the livestock. It, not, it do nothing with COVID in the livestock. I was going to say livestock don't get COVID. No, that li it's not a medication for not COVID. The, no, your chicken isn't out in the barn anyway, coughing. <laughs> so I'm thinking Mr. Washington, D.C. doctor didn't... Um, he's a doctor of death. <laughs> what are those doctors called? I think he just didn't um, care because he was stationed in Hay Springs, Arkansas. Dark angels or... Uh, can I finish the story? Because this has <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm thinking this doctor was just sort of bitter that he was in a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. And just couldn't be the big shot doctor he ever he wanted to be. I mean, maybe he chose to live there, but you don't usually get schooled in a big city on the East Coast and then dream of moving to Nebraska. I think he just doesn't care. You keep saying Arkansas. I, oh, why? I don't know. Oh, you it's because like Hate Springs, times. Nebraska. It's, Nebraska. it's all taking place in Nebraska, never Arkansas. Um, I know. I was going to say, I don't know when the first time you said it was, but I just definitely heard you say it like twice. It's because the Hay Springs... 
makes me think of Eureka Springs. No, <laughs> it does. Anyway, I'm thinking he's just like just doesn't care because he's in a location he doesn't like. But I could be wrong. Either way, it's weird that he did that. So overnight, all of the mother got worse, and in the morning, her father sent Mona to the neighbors for help. And by the time the lo- the doctor arrived, um, Olive was dead. So she gets drastically worse overnight, the mother. So no autopsy was conducted and no tests were run by Moltzon. So he didn't do any doctor death things that I assume were normal. Um, he just decided she died of strychnine poisoning. He goes, eh, I think it's strychnine. He didn't do anything not to prove gastric that. gastric fever? No, no, strychnine poisoning. Not, not potentially mercury poisoning either, Audrey. <laughs> Strychnine. Interesting. So half a bottle, half an empty bottle of strychnine was found in Mona's house in a dresser drawer next to the empty capsules um, that she had bought the day before. Mm-hmm. Which is odd because the strychnine was kept in her father's house and was last seen full. Mona said she had never, ever used strychnine. Um then why is it there? We're getting there. You're humming. <laughs> um, and that her father would have had it in the house to make homemade rat poison. I don't understand the olden times. They just all had poison in their medicine cabinets. So much of it. <laughs> so much of it. And they knew it was poison. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so there's just... There's only one bottle uh, on the property ever, because, like, they live practically together so why would you need more than one yeah because you don't need to make it very the rat poison very often it doesn't take a lot of strychnine um okay so mona is arrested and coerced into confessing hoping that it would help her husband who was also arrested despite being in another part of the county at the time of the deaths so he's nowhere near anything um and the police force her into confessing that she killed her parents with strychnine but how far away was he actually he was that they literally had to go to the farm on the other side of the county i know to but get the him. doctor traveled 22 miles well yeah he was further than that by a lot i looked it up when it was he was like significantly he was a few he was like away uh-huh. um and he'd been there because he was working he was a hired hand like he had an alibi <laughs> So she was sentenced to 30 years. Oh, and then she was retried. I it wrote I wrote retired, and that didn't make sense. You can't retire from prison. <laughs> so anyway, no, she's, I think she's I've had enough of this. I'm going to go into early retirement. She's sentenced to 30 years. Um, then is retried, during which her defense attorney argues that Mona was mentally deranged because she had epilepsy, which is, seems to be true, which I also think is why she Does lives essentially deranged? at home. No, but everyone well, thought you're treated, and you're, if you are going unconscious mm-hmm. for a while, it could cause brain issues. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, so the journey, the journey, the jury found her somehow more guilty than the first time and sentenced her <laughs> to life in prison this time around. Who, um, who is this? <laughs> and then the state supreme court upheld this new decision. So now she has life in prison when the attorney was just trying to get a nicer sentence because she had like a proven medical issue. (laughs) Anyway, so somehow no one is bothered that the doctor basically made up the cause of death on the spot because, again, he didn't do any autopsy 
nothing no post analysis at all <laughs> yeah he just looked at her and said um, well looks like strychnine poisoning to me and especially since they also know that like he prescribed this deadly mercury medication <laughs> um so mona's father who went by dan had also been poisoned but recovered blamed her husband herman who he loathed wait um, who mona's father uh-huh. hated her husband uh-huh. he blames the husband yeah that's all i said I think I heard a different name in there. I was confused. Mona's father, who went by Dan, uh-huh. had also been poisoned but recovered and blamed her husband, Herman. I thought his name who? was William. Who? The husband. No. William is the dad. That's why I said the dad who goes by Dan. <laughs> I don't can't tell you why, but I thought it was worth <laughs> saying. I'm literally just like... Mona's father, whose whose Christian name is William, but goes by Dan, had also been poisoned during all of this. This is weird. Okay. Okay. (laughs) He blamed her husband, Herman, who's always been Herman. Because I was like, I knew I heard of William, so who is this? (laughs) Yeah. Because. I was like, is she married to two men? William Dan hated Herman. (laughs) Okay. Um, and also despised that his daughter, uh, he also despised his daughter for marrying him. It, well, you know. I don't know why any of that, no one explains it. They just, he just doesn't like her or her husband. Couldn't he have said, like, you married. can't marry him? And then, like, if she did, like, not let them live with like, him? Isn't it weird that they live on yeah. the same property? If you hate someone that much, I wouldn't let them live there. I don't know. Maybe he just respected his wife a lot and she said, no, you must love them. <laughs> Maybe. So when the doctor arrived the second time, so when they were called in because Olive had gotten worse, mm-hmm. um, Dan had even loudly accused his son-in-law, which had triggered, triggered the initial search of Mona's home where the evidence had been easily found. Like, it was obvious. Yeah. Because it was, it was literally on top of her, like, not nightstand, but like a dresser or something like that. It, like, it was on top visible all those things were it was in the top drawer i don't know what it was easy to find not hidden yeah. like placed <laughs> so a year or two after his wife died dan remarried a 20 year old woman named oh. ida adams when he was 60 oh so there's a lovely 40 year difference so there she's like younger than his daughter uh i do believe so yes That's scary. Um, Dan was never investigated for his wife's death, obviously, because the doctor wasn't either, and both of them are now sketchy. Yeah. Um, so in 1937, Mona was up for parole and always had sworn that she didn't kill her mother because she doesn't have motive. Like, yeah. ha- ha- there's nothing, nothing once has been not, talked like, about that is anything close to motive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the same year that she was up for parole, the Lincoln Star published an article saying Mona may have not been the killer. Good job, Lincoln Star. Um, She's reading it like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you, you freaking think? People had been telling the board of pardons that Mona was not guilty. So, like, other people thought this before they published this article. They had actively been trying to help her, which is nice. 
Um, they said she was a good child growing up, um, and she would have never killed anyone, especially not her mother, because they there doesn't seem to be any bad blood any between issues, them. Yeah. yeah. Um, that she was a good and faithful wife to her husband, and she was willing to take the fall for for him, him even. Yeah. Well, like, did no one even Hold on. ever mention that she was sick, too? Who? Mona. Yeah, Mona was originally sick, too, yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. Um, did no one ever mention that she was also sick? And she I don't know, I didn't. I don't it? have the court, court records. Um, anyway, so people said that she was a good and faithful wife who'd even take the fall for her husband, who, in quotes, he had spilled enough to send him to the chair. Which means he's not a good guy. He has done sketchy things in the past, for sure. <laughs> They're not saying he's guilty of this. They're saying he's done other things. <laughs> um, the article talks about the day in July when it all happened. Herman had recently told his wife that he had taken a job working as a farmhand elsewhere and that maybe they could get their own plate, own rented farm and move away, which is, you know, that's, that's lovely. He's working hard to move away from the parents that don't like him or her <laughs> while Herman was away her and her parents fell sick um but felt well enough to go out and they did their chores like the milking and such before like any really bad symptoms started forming when Mona came in from the milking is when her father told her to go into town for the doctor. So now everything has become worse, I guess. She found the doctor in his home. He phoned in a prescription right away, seemingly w seemingly without even first evaluating Mona or her parents. Like, Mona was sick, so she could have easily... So he never even went to the house to check on them? Like No, he, he phones in a prescription before going to the house to check the parents. But Mona, who's also sick with the same issue, he doesn't even, like, check her out to figure out what prescription there. she might need. And she's there. So Mona goes from the doctor's house straight to the drugstore, um, where a boy who was not a registered pharmacist filled the <laughs> prescription. <laughs> um... <laughs> Which means he's also he the one probably giving her. her the instructions on how to put the capsules together. Because she has to go home and put the capsules together to give them yeah. to herself and her family. He just, like, sells the gum and whatever. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, well, I know well, what that. I know where that is. is. Yeah. I'll, I'll grab that for you. So she goes back home, fills the capsule she's brought, bought from little drugstore boy with the medicine, medicine the doctor prescribed, which was poison. And if it's given in too large a dose, kills you. <laughs> So that's, that's all sketchy right there. Not even on purpose. That's not the boy's fault. That was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this no, is still the no. doctor just being bad. This is just negligence. Um, she and her parents took several doses. <laughs> no. And then went to bed. No. Just a lovely sleeping pill. Mm -hmm. um, it had been a hot night and Mona slept with all the doors open. Because you're in the middle of nowhere. He's, yeah. Like, you do that no air conditioning that morning her father told her to get the neighbors and the doctor and by the time the doctor arrived all of her mother was dead so he she doesn't get to go see the mom to know how she is yeah. her father comes in and says go get the doctor um the doctor asked for the filled capsules um which dan her father said were 
in the candy sack in the dresser, but none were ever found. So they don't find these pills. Um, then they decided it was strychnine poison, poisoning. Yeah. They then decided, so I assume this is Dan and the doctor decided strychnine poisoning. And Dan insisted it must have been the husband, Herman, who again is quite far away, working hard to move away from his in-laws. And that the strychnine bought years ago to kill ground squirrels. Um, they had had two bottles. They'd only used one, so they had one that was unopened. And it was in the china cabinet in the parents' house. The bottle was missing when the officers went to look for it in the china cabinet, you know, where you yeah. keep your poison. And then when they eventually went to search Mona's house, they found it in a dresser with all of the unused capsules, which had previously been missing. They weren't in the candy sack that Dan had said they were in. When Mona had first gone to town, the doctor had left a note for her husband on the table in case he got home earlier than he said he would. The note, her father's accusations, and the bottle led to Mona and Herman's arrest. Because the note made it look like he was going to be home soon. He, he wasn't. He had no plans on coming home soon. Yeah. Um, it just made it suspicious, even though it was just like a normal just in case, you know? So at some point while in custody, officers told Mona that her husband had told them enough to send him to the electric chair and that she had been, and she had been taught to trust officers, you know, most people are slash were. <laughs> um, so it never occurred to her that they would lie to her because he hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. um, so she made a deal that she, um, she would confess to anything they wanted if they let her husband alone. Which is very sad. Yeah. Um, while in prison, she became one of the most trusted inmates in the York Reformatory. She superintended the dairy farm because she has experience. Um, she was in charge of the visitors' gate. She was in charge of the visitors' gate as a prisoner. <laughs> She's in charge of who gets to come in and out. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the officials at the reformatory recommended her for parole. One even writing a letter saying they never believed that she was guilty. They're like, there's no way this woman did this. <laughs> She's just too good. She was released on parole in 1937, moved in with Herman, who had visited frequently during her sentence. Like, they liked each other. Yeah. They seemed to have a decent relationship. And they moved. They moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. She worked as a maid, and he worked as a house painter, and she died in 1980. She's never cleared... Of having done any of this the what actually happened never found out um i think there are many things that it could have been but i don't think she or her husband did it that's the story of mona wilson yeah that's weird like no matter what i it's it could have easily been accidental due to the doctor's negligence it could have been on purpose the dad could have decided you know what we're all sick i'll just kill my wife while she's weak i'll sacrifice right that way he can go I'll marry. sacrifice one to get rid of the son, and then I can have a new wife, too. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he thought it was going to happen, and then instead his daughter went to prison. But he got the new wife anyway. Um, I think, yeah, those are the options. Yeah. I think the doctor was just a bad doctor. And maybe, maybe Dan, the father-husband, might have had something to do with it. Either way, I do not think it was Mona Wilson. <laughs>
but her life yeah, definitely especially because she just kind of lived a quiet boring life out there and yeah exactly <laughs> and the entire time she was in prison they're like i don't think this woman did this yeah <laughs> nothing about this woman screams yes i maliciously killed my mother with strychnine poisoning but just my mom not anybody else she definitely could have gotten her father too if she wanted easily yeah if she had done it yeah no, but anybody else who knew her was like, there's no way. <laughs> so is it an accident? Was it on purpose? No matter what, it seems to be negligence, at least on the part of the doctor. Because he just didn't do an autopsy or, or any tests. His job, he didn't do his job before people were dead. He didn't do his job after people were dead. No. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, if you like our our well if you like our podcast <laughs> you might not like this like one. our podcast today <laughs> um if you like our podcast um you might also like to support us so you can follow us on instagram you can like all of our posts you can share our posts you can support Download us the podcasts wherever you listen and listening at which is um, most things. Leave reviews. Yes, leave reviews. Um, but they can only be tell your friends because that's rude if you don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, yeah, say tell everybody in the office how amazing we are. Um, at work the other day, my coworkers told me they um, don't understand how anybody could hate me. <laughs> that made me feel good about myself. So if anybody really comes at me with hate, I'm gonna be like, well, I know that's a lie. <laughs> um what else oh there's a support button at the bottom the bottom stroke today <laughs> it's these allergies they're really coming from my vocal cords i guess or my brain i don't know or both um Spocky. but there's a support button at the bottom of our like um episode bios and we have a patreon set up for just thunder and frightening podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, did you say what we are on Instagram? Because we're not thunder and frightening. TNF podcast. Because someone else has it. Yeah. I don't remember who. But anyway, it's the same logo as our podcast logo. Yeah. So. You'll be able, you'll you'll know when you see it. Um. All right. Well, try not to kill anyone and don't mess with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye.